0: Hello, and welcome to We Live for Saturday, your favorite college football podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike, and with me, as always, is your other co-host, John. John, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great, man. It is awesome to finally be back here. It has been a little while. I've been on the road. Uh, it's been crazy. i um, been all over the uh, mostly the eastern seaboard at this point in time, um, and last week, You know, I would have been here, but as uh, Mike said in the last uh, podcast, that we tried everything, and um, I did, and the internet in that hotel
0: was just terrible. So um, we tried to record several times over two days in different places, or for you in different places. Yeah, I was in the lobby. I was in in my room. I
1: was. I tried a meeting room. I went everywhere, and it just did not not happen
0: you might as well have been in a vault yes
1: yes and it was a nice hotel like i don't understand uh it was very it was a little bizarre perplexing but you know hey man we're here we're doing it now this is great we're i'm ready to wrap up the the season talk a little bit about the big 10 championship game and uh you know a lot of other stuff afterwards and we'll we'll see where else we go with it
0: all right Let's do it. So, should we jump right into it, or is there anything you want to say up front? Well, yes. As always, if you want to find uh,
1: We Live for Saturday, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podcast Addict. You can find us on Twitter at We Live for B1G Sat, and you can also email us uh, at We Live for Saturday, B1G at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. All right. So we'll get right into it. We had one game. It was the Big Ten championship game. And in it, the representative, the Michigan Wolverines, 26. The Iowa Hawkeyes, zero. Total yards for this game. Michigan had... uh, 213 Iowa's 155 so this was a pretty ugly offensive game really Mm -hmm. for Michigan QB JJ McCarthy went 22 for 30 for 147 yards on just 4.9 yards per attempt the passing offense was efficient but it wasn't at all explosive as Iowa was able to limit big plays Blake Corum had a tough day as he had just 52 yards on 3.3 yards per rush he did have two TDs though And Donovan Edwards chipped in 28 yards on four carries. As a team, Michigan only had 66 yards on 34 carries. So Iowa did a good job limiting the Michigan offense in both the run and the passing game. Um, Wide receiver Cornelius Johnson had nine catches for 64 yards. While tight end Colston Loveland chipped in three for 22. Roman Wilson only had one catch and was pretty much shut down for the day. And on defense, linebacker Junior Colson had eight tackles and two passes defended. So good day for him. It was another tough day for Iowa QB Deacon Hill. He was just 18 for 32 for 3.8 yards per attempt and a QBR of just 22.4. So it was a tough day for Deacon. Uh, Michigan just completely shut down the Hawkeye offense, John. Yeah,
1: It was a big defensive battle on both sides, man. But yeah, Michigan was just dominant as ever.
0: Yeah. Uh, LeShawn Williams averaged just 2.8 yards per rush on nine carries, while Caleb Johnson only managed 14 yards on 2.3 yards per rush. So this Iowa offense was unable to do anything all night through the air or on the ground, really. Um, Iowa tight end Addison Estrango was a bright spot. He led Iowa with 50 yards on seven catches, while Caleb Brown chipped in five for 34 yards. Uh, To make matters worse, Iowa turned the ball over three times, John. Mm -hmm. Two fumbles from Iowa QB Deacon Hill, and then another from running back Jazz Patterson, and Iowa lost all three of those fumbles. The 3-0 turnover margin certainly helped Michigan dominate Iowa on a day when its offense didn't play that well. However, the dominance of the Michigan D made sure this game was never in doubt. Um, Iowa also committed seven penalties, which is not characteristic of them and didn't help matters either. Uh, They significantly lost time of possession as they just couldn't move the ball very well. And Michigan's offense wasn't great either. I was surprised that the Michigan offense was so stagnant for most of the game. That's something we got to talk about at some point here. Uh, Michigan didn't need the offense, though as they made a lot of plays on defense and special teams. They got a touchdown after an early 87-yard uh, Morgan punt return to the Iowa five-yard line. Quorum scored two plays later there. And there were a lot of punts in this game, just a ton of punts. Yeah. And it was very Big Ten in that way. And uh, Michigan's uh, big punt return set up that early 10-0 lead. And after that, Iowa never challenged Michigan meaningfully. So even though it was only a 10-point lead, it immediately felt insurmountable for the Hawkeyes. The Deacon Hill controversial fumble set up another Michigan TD. I say controversial in air quotes. I don't actually think it was necessarily all that controversial. Um, and after that, you know, Michigan was content to play conservative and kick field goals. Harbaugh started running the ball even on third and long at times. Michigan knew they were going to win and they didn't try for style points. He also kicked one time rather than go for it on fourth and one later in the game. Had it been a closer game, I think Michigan probably would have gone for it there. John, what were your thoughts about this, uh, this big 10 title game?
1: Yeah, it was very, um, very on point big 10. The first half was very big 10 West ish. Actually, it was very much just a defensive battle. Um, And not a lot of offense on both sides and it really, even though, you know, I know Michigan was, uh, you know, definitely was the clear cut winner here. Um, but their offense did seem to struggle, but this is against a very, very good Iowa defense. So you gotta yeah, take a that really into consideration. Good Um, but it was a defensive battle, man. I mean, and both defenses were outstanding, you know, and, Yes. the problem again as it has been all season in which i think everybody was kind of expecting in this game nobody i, I don't know anyone who realistically was expecting iowa to win in this game
0: um i 3 of the 5 game day, college game day pickers took iowa in that game <sighs> i
1: realistic i, realist, I which, mean i don't i i can't speak
0: for- i don't like all Look, all respect to Iowa. Iowa's had a great season. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. No, no. But doubt. if you've watched the games, <clears throat> if you watched the games and you thought that Iowa was going to win, then I don't even know what, we don't have anything to talk about.
1: I don't either. I have no idea what they saw.
0: In fact, Iowa did far better than I thought they would yeah. do in this game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think they played better than what anyone was, was expecting, but I did, I still didn't expect them to ever could get close to sniffing a win in this game. I didn't think that was going to happen at all.
0: I didn't expect to, I didn't think they were going to score.
1: <clears throat> no, and they didn't, they didn't. exactly. It, and that happened exactly the way I, I was expecting too. And, and, but it, I don't understand. And again, uh, you know, we could get into college game day and ESPN and all of the so-called experts up there. But um, and that who, you know, obviously clearly pay such close attention to the Big Ten and and especially the Big Ten West. They know, you know, uh, but that's a whole nother rant for another day. Um, But yeah, man, I thought it was look, it was a hard fought game for both sides. I think Iowa came out and did the best they could with what they had, as they always do. And that's a testament to Kirk Ferentz and what he continues to put out on the field year after year. Um, Obviously offensively, it was just, it's just didn't change from what we've all seen um, all season, but Michigan, you know, faced a really, really good defense and their offense struggled more than we, than we were expecting. Coram was, was not able to get, get going as much as we wanted. Um, JJ McCarthy was limited at times. <clears throat> and that Iowa secondary was just lights out for most of the time. But you know, as as we've mentioned before with other defenses in in um, in the Big Ten, once you facing a team like Michigan or the Ohio States or the Penn States, you know, it's after a period of time, it's just hard to continue to to withstand that onslaught. And eventually, something's got to give. And mistakes, yeah. you know, um, Michigan did what Iowa usually does, and Michigan took advantage of the mistakes that Iowa usually does not make. So. Those, true. Yeah, those turnovers, man, and that's that's really what what that was the killer. That's what took them out and sealed the deal for Michigan at the end.
0: It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to see what um what it would have looked like if Iowa could have gotten some offense going. Yeah, because then Michigan would have been forced to come out of their shell and be a lot more aggressive. I thought Harbaugh called a really conservative game.
1: I think so too. I wonder if that was strategic because he knew it wouldn't be after a period of time, it wouldn't be that big of an issue or um, maybe he's trying to protect it It it. That
0: was my thought that he was holding back. Yeah. It just didn't seem like they were. Yeah. It just didn't seem like they were bringing all the juice that not that they weren't playing like it was a big game. But Harbaugh wasn't coaching like it was a big game. I agree. He wasn't attacking the way he does a lot of the time. Yeah.
1: He seemed to be just doing just enough to making sure he kept the game in check and in control. And once they got up by a couple scores, he was just kind of sitting on it and taking advantage of obviously, you know, the, what, what I was going to give them, but yeah, it didn't seem the the normal aggressive play calling that we're used to seeing.
0: I wonder if they just realized at a certain point that Iowa wasn't going to be able to move the b- wasn't going to be able to move the ball with any kind of consistency, and at that point, Michigan just knew that they were going to be able to grind it out yeah. and win. I think
1: it seemed like that to me. You know that Michigan's defense was just so dominant, and it was yeah. I mean, it was it was apparent that Iowa's offense just wasn't going to be able to make any kind of real difference.
0: Yeah, Michigan's defense was really impressive. I mean, both defenses were extremely impressive. Yeah. Like I think for Iowa with as little offense as they got um, to play as well defensively as they did, you know, they really hung in there and they held Michigan under 30 points, Mm -hmm. which is not the easiest thing to do. I don't think. Yeah. So, and I know, yeah, the Michigan Wolverines have now won three big 10 titles in a row. And we, at least in big 10 terms, this is a dynasty at this it point. It
1: is. I mean, this is like this is the the Michigan of old coming back and I know Better. Better yeah.
0: better than Michigan of old almost ever was. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, all they got to do now is win a national title and this will be I mean, it's yeah. going to be a whole nother juggernaut, man. I mean, and I didn't it you know, Ohio State's been running this running this conference for so long and yeah, it's just times are changing, man. And I don't know. Now, with the whole thing of the controversy of whether Harbaugh is going to come back or if he's not, like, how is that going to change things? Will it change things to a degree? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of questions still out there for the, what's going to happen in the offseason. But as of right now, it's really impressive what Harbaugh's done there.
0: I mean, it's incredible. Three consecutive Big Ten titles, trips to the playoff, and now a number one ranking in the country. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot to accomplish kind of regardless of what happens, but that said, it would be really disappointing. This is the, this is the, this is the full, you know, this is the inflection point of the rise of Harbaugh these last few years. And this is his best team. It's his most experienced team. Um, and if they don't win, should we talk about the Michigan and the college football playoff? Yeah, now? yeah,
1: yeah. Let's try easy, easy transition. Let's do it for sure.
0: Yeah. So we are thinking that anyway. So yeah, congratulations to Michigan on winning the big 10 title. We should say that straight up. Uh, and congratulations to Iowa on honestly defying
1: some incredible odds and still pulling out a 10 win season. I mean,
0: yeah, Jesus Christ. I don't know how, how, how it keeps happening, but Yeah, ten and three, man. That's a ten and three is a pretty awfully good year. It's amazing. So, yeah, and they have a chance to win a meaningful bowl game too. Absolutely. So that's that's exciting for sure. Um, Michigan in the college football playoff. So they got a tough draw in Alabama, who was clicking on all cylinders against Georgia in that SEC championship game. I do think Michigan deserved the number one seed as they were more consistent than Washington was this year. The Huskies had some down games while Michigan was dominant throughout the year and really only struggled with Ohio State. And, of course, they managed to defeat the Buckeyes. Um, John, what are your thoughts initially on Michigan in the playoff? Well, I think... Uh, we've been saying it throughout most of the year. I think there may have
1: only been a couple a couple weeks there where we were wondering whether or not Ohio State should be number one and Michigan number two, or vice versa. You know, Michigan has earned the right to be be the number one seed. I think um, because of what you just said as well, the consistency has just been bar none. They they are, I, I especially defensively. I mean, offensively is great, but defensively they've just been outstanding. Um,
0: On another planet, yeah.
1: I, I the best defense in the country that I've seen thus far. So, um,
0: <clears throat> and statistically, the best defense in the country.
1: Yeah. So I think that that alone, right there, is just something to really, really watch out for. And I'm I'm really interested to see them come up and play against this Alabama team that finally seems to have been getting their shit together. Um, and so it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Their stuff together. Let's um, say. I, I think that Michigan deserves it. I think Michigan ha- absolutely has the ability to win the national title, um, or at least get to the title game. Um, and I don't know, man, I, this Alabama team does you know definitely looks like a, a playoff team, but I also am just a little you know bothered by the whole committee's decision and all that too. but you know, I know we're not there yet, but we'll talk about that as well.
0: We will talk about that. We'll get to that. But yeah, that's a whole that's worth its own segment. So if you want to hear our college football playoff committee rant, we are getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, initially, I'd say yeah, it is a tougher, it is a really tough draw in Alabama. Um, but I think the seating, it still works out well. It's a Rose Bowl, you know that's that's iconic. Um. So that's cool. So it'll be really exciting to see Michigan in this college football playoff. Yeah, it'll be a real tough test for
1: for both teams. And yeah, I, I I'm wondering if it'll be as low scoring and uh, and if we do see Harbaugh come out, you know, firing on all cylinders, being a little bit more aggressive. And I it is. I think there is something to your your theory that he was being a little conservative in the in the game in the Big Ten championship game.
0: Harbaugh. The only thing is Harbaugh has not been good, not just in the playoff. But in the postseason, yeah. he hasn't been good in bowl games either. He's lost a lot of games. I mean, I remember the year when the Big Ten won every bowl game except for Michigan lost to South Carolina.
1: That was a crazy game, yeah.
0: And that was a great That was a crazy. That was a you know that was a fun. Ye- that was a that was a fun year. But um, but the Harbaugh thing it hasn't gone well in the postseason. And I wonder if there's a reason for that. Is that just happenstance? Is it is it going to be different now? Like, I guess what to me, game planning wise, what's going to be different? Because it felt like they got off to a really slow start against TCU last year. Yeah. And I think they were a little surprised that they didn't just kind of roll through TCU. Well, I wonder if... Because what it
1: seems like, and everybody's talked about and we've even seen some evidence of this, is like, has every year he's gone into the, the postseason, is he almost have one foot out the door because he's looking for his next NFL job? That's a good point. And so is that going to happen again this year? Because now that's still, again, that's the, that's the speculation is that he's, he's already found, you know, he's on his way out. He's going to be coaching the NFL next year. He doesn't want to deal with the NCAA and all this other stuff and whatever's going on. And, you know, and you can't really blame him in some ways, but like at the same time, does that mean he's not his whole focus and attention isn't there? Is he already talking? Is he, and it's been the, the case for a number of years now. And, And I don't know. I'm just—it's speculation. Has that been a a reason why he tends to fall short in the postseason?
0: That's a really interesting point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that angle, but it's definitely something. It's—it's something though, because something's been been wrong with his teams largely in the postseason, and that's until it's one of those things where until he wins a big game, and this game against Alabama qualifies as a big game, Mm -hmm. he's gonna have the wrap of can Jim Harbaugh win that big postseason game? Yeah. And now he gets the greatest coach, arguably, at least of this era of college football history, and arguably of all time, if you ask, you know, according to some people, Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Saban. And man, Nick Saban, I don't know if you saw the interview, John. They asked him about the Georgia game, and with just the smirk on his face, he said, yeah. Yeah. Georgia came out that first drive. I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, he was like, yeah, Georgia came out that first drive, took it to us. So we changed. So I changed everything we were doing. He's like, I changed my front. I changed my, he's like, I changed my coverages. I changed my front. I told my coaches that this and this, and this was going to work. And then they didn't do much. (laughs) And it's like Nick Saban and the look on his face, just a just a stone cold, you know, smiling because he's softened in his old age. He used to be really stony faced. Yeah. And now, now we get, you get more smiles out of him, yeah. Nick Saban, than you used to. It makes him a little more endearing. But I just thought to myself, man, you bite off a lot and you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for you. That's tough. It is, man.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's he's getting up there in age, but he still he's got what it takes, man. And he knows how to get his players motivated. He knows he's clicking how to get on
0: better. all cylinders. He, there's been no drop off no. from Nick. Saban. No, no, I don't think. No, I know everyone's like because of the rise of Georgia, that means Alabama I don't think there was always going to be another team that rose up to challenge Alabama that was always going to happen and the fact that Alabama just beat that team in the SEC title game as an underdog I mean Saban he can really coach Well and
1: this is kind of what Saban thrives on. He's even said it I think in years past when they've just been so dominant over the years That he's even told his players and told the press, you know, that like there's going to be a time where we're not doing this or this will go wrong and we're not going to win the national title or something or whatever. And I feel like when he's told that somehow he's an underdog or he's counted out in some way, that's when he really kicks into gear. And if I were Michigan and I were Jim Harbaugh right now, I would definitely be very nervous and yeah, man, I mean, Harbaugh has got to coach the game of his life. I think even more so. And if he does win this, I think that this game is even more important than whatever the national title may end up being too.
0: So, Oh, absolutely. This is, this is a game that will be at the top of the Harbaugh legacy Yep. because this is his best Michigan team and everybody knows Mm -hmm. it. So if he can't win with this team, if he can't win a playoff game with this team, then he's not then he's not going to win a playoff game i don't no. think because he's never going to have a team that's any better than this team is no um and the michigan did you see the did you see the footage of michigan reacting to when they got the college football playoff seedings no
1: i didn't see that
0: oh you could tell there was like a, an intent like there was an intensity i know people were saying they were groaning i don't think i heard groans mm. But, like, when they saw Alabama, everybody was like, you could see there they they were, was an intensity in the yeah, room. As it and should like, be. Like, that's going to be, that is going to be a physical football game.
1: Well, it's setting up, this is the, and this is kind of what I think, if we can segue a little bit into now the, the, whether, you know, Alabama should be there or not, this kind of trend.
0: Oh, yeah, we can, little, we can we can go to that. This
1: kind of transitions into that is where, where I'm taking this is like because we know now it's been proven there. This is there's evidence now that that the powers that be um, ESPN, the SEC, College Football Playoff Committee um, basically gets to do whatever the hell they want. And it's no longer about the team that deserves to be there. It is an invitational and it is what is going to produce TV ratings. And with the way that college football is moving with expansion and all this kind of stuff that we've been talking about, um, this is now in like the movement of the coming of like the power Two, and which is the big 10 and the sec. This is what is setting up. You have the two flagship programs of either both conferences, and they are going to come to, you know, come to blows. And this is, this is the narrative they wanted to set. And I think this is just me and what I think. And um, that that's why Alabama's in and FSU did not get in. That's part of it anyways.
0: Yeah, I let's I mean, let me say, though, first of all, we, let's do it justice. The undefeated 13 and 0. ACC champion Florida State Seminoles were left out of the college football playoff in favor of two teams with losses on their resumes in Texas and Alabama. Mm -hmm. This happened ostensibly because Florida State starting QB Jordan Travis was hurt a few weeks ago And Florida State's offense hasn't been great since he got hurt. That said, Florida State has not lost since he got hurt and won a convincing 16-6 victory in the ACC title game in which Florida State's defense completely shut down the Cardinals. Florida State's defense that earlier this season completely shut down LSU. So the committee claims they just... Quote, just didn't think FSU could win the playoff, close quote. Now, that's not justification to keep an undefeated team out of the playoff. And here's what makes me so mad. It has to be about who deserves to be. Yep. You can't be. This whole idea is dangerous that we should just. Oh, let's pick the teams that we think are the best four teams because you know what? You're wrong a lot. People are wrong a lot. Everyone thought Oregon was a a nine-and-a-half point favorite against Washington, a team that already beat them. And everybody was all in on the Kool-Aid because Vegas said so, that Oregon was just going to roll Washington. And then Washington came out and said, you know what? We beat them once, and they beat them again. Yep. So it's just not correct. And the dirty little secret about the playoff, that we found out with Florida State, and you you alluded you alluded to this, John, is that it's not an actual playoff, it's an invitation. Yep. And the committee can invite whichever team it wants to, with zero repercussions for leaving out an FSU team that deserves to be in, a team that won every game on its schedule, and played two SEC power programs out of conference, beating them both. Yes. In fact, Florida State absolutely bludgeoned a good LSU squad earlier this year. LSU, whose, whose quarterback is a Heisman finalist, yep. the one game he didn't play well in was against Florida State. Yep. And you just don't think they could compete? How do you know how good Florida State is? We don't know what Florida State's defense could have done. And also, we don't know what Tate Rademacher... Uh, I want to say that's his name, the backup. Mm-hmm. I know he was out for the ACC title game, but the, he had a concussion. He's not going to be out. It was one concussion. He's not going to be out for um, for the postseason. Yeah. We don't know what he would look like after a month of running that offense. Yeah, You know? I mean, remember when Cardale Jones yeah. was a third-string quarterback, and he came out and lit... And I know it's different. It's different because he came out and lit the world on fire right away in that Wisconsin game in the big 10 title game. And that made it different because he played so well in that game that it left no doubt of how good, um, Ohio state was, but this was different because it was an undefeated Florida state team. And all you can do is win the games on your schedule. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. And, we're being... and if that's not enough,
1: yeah, and these are the people that will tell you that like, you know, like, like they, they're, they're the ones trying to feed you all this crap, like year after year, all throughout the entire off season on ESPN about how, you know, like, you know, you have to, you know, you, you have to play the games on your schedule. This is <clears throat> whatever is set in front of you. You just have to win this week. You have to do this. And then eventually you're going to get rewarded at the end of the season. And this is what hard work, hard work gets you this. This it'll pay off. Yeah. And if
0: you're in a power yeah. conference, that means yes.
1: something. And this is now proof we've all been talking about it for years that it, that this is, that it doesn't mean anything. And, but now this is now the, the college football playoff committee coming out with like, just unabashedly telling all of us that we don't give a bleep. And this is what it's going to be. And it's just, it's pathetic, man. There's no integrity. And I think it's, it's wrong on so many levels. I feel really bad for Seminoles fans. I feel bad for the team, the coach. Um, you know, I think didn't Norvell come out and like and just like lambast the college football uh playoff committee. I think he just let them yeah. have it and he rightfully so. And he was and right so. he was right about all of it. Yes.
0: So he went on a huge rant about how it was a this huge injustice and completely unfair and goes against, you know, all the tenets of what of fair play and yeah. All of it.
1: And it's just, you know, what are we doing? You know, then what are we doing here? What is this? What, what does the regular season even mean? What a, what a championship games, uh, a conference game conference championships even mean? Like, does it mean it means nothing then apparently
0: not to the playoff committee yeah. because it's an invitational and they're going to pick the teams that they want to invite and everyone else too bad. And man, if that can happen to Florida State, Florida State's not a small brand. Florida State's a big brand. Yeah, it's huge. But if that can happen to Florida State, then that can happen to almost anybody in college football other than the handful of truly like top tier brands like Ohio State, Alabama, you know, Texas, Georgia, like that very short list
1: well and again this kind of makes me think too and i know i've heard other people make this argument or that not argument but make this observation that um talking going back to the whole power two thing about this is you know basically unless you're in the sec or the big 10 we can choose to get to kick you out if we want to like that's what it's come down to and that's why you know i think like you're seeing alabama get in over fsu Now, if FSU eventually joins either the Big Ten or the SEC, all right, maybe we'll have another. You know, maybe we can think of it or look at it a different way. But um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I just think that they've already made it clear that they think lesser of these other conferences, these other power conferences. That if it's basically the Big Ten and the SEC and nobody else,
0: Florida State already wanted out of the ACC. You think they want out of the ACC more now? Yeah. I bet you they do. I bet you they want out more now than they did a couple days ago. I mean, if they
1: were already in the SEC or something, they they would absolutely, there probably wouldn't be an issue here, but it's because of the SEC bias. And yes, there's even, there is Big Ten bias, but like that's the way it is. And it's very apparent now. And God forbid there's an SEC-less college football playoff.
0: Which is what should have happened. Because Florida State's undefeated. And Texas beat Alabama head-to-head in Tuscaloosa by two scores. Two scores. That's a convincing win on the road. And so... And it's, you know... It's also... (sighs) Nick Saban is such a good coach and Alabama recruits so well that they could easily come out in the playoff and be the best team, but that doesn't mean that they deserve to be there more than the teams that got in. Yep. You know, whether they win or not is irrelevant. Yep. Florida state deserved to be in and there was no justification to keep them out. Yeah, it's, it's despicable. And,
1: it just, it makes you question the whole game and it makes me, it, it bothers me just as a college football fan. And, um, this isn't, this isn't what I, I, this isn't the game I fell in love with, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: No, this isn't the game I signed. This isn't what I signed up for. I would have rather had, you know what? I would rather have bowls and poles yeah. than this. Yep. If it's going to be like, if it's going to be this way where they're just going to pick the top brands and they're not going to go by what's fair. Yep. Cause Ninety, 95 percent of the people listening to this podcast and watching college football root for teams that this could absolutely happen to. Yeah, this could absolutely happen to the team you root root for if that team happened to have an undefeated season. Mm -hmm. And whether or not your team is actually going to have that undefeated season, it doesn't matter. The point is it's supposed to be a possibility and that's what we go on in college football. College football is about hope. Mm -hmm. It's about community and it's about hope and shared experience and all that kind of stuff. Um, It's the idea that you can just be dismissed like that. It's really, it's really upsetting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I, I don't know. I know next year it's moving into a 12 team playoff and all that, but it's, it's not, and I know that's like some of the people like, well, you know, next year it's going to be 12 teams. And like, you know, then they would have been in. It's like, but that's that's
0: not the point. The point that is. Doesn't that doesn't fix this year. Yeah. And that team forever. And yeah. you know what? If Florida State goes out and wins that bowl game, they should hang a banner and call themselves national champions. Because yeah. Georgia is as good as anybody, is about as good as anybody in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And if they go out there and win that game, they should absolutely call themselves national champions and we should have a split national championship. Yeah, I support that 100%. Because it's ridiculous that Florida State went undefeated and played as well as they did and as convincingly as they did and aren't going to get a chance. Aren't going to have a chance to win a national title.
1: They deserved it. <sighs> it's frustrating. Yep. Well, do you want to transition a little bit and talk uh talk about some other
0: Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about the newest hire in the Big Ten. So we've got Indiana University went out and hired Kurt Signetti to be its next football coach. Back in the day, Signetti was Nick Saban's recruiting coordinator. So he learned how to evaluate talent from the best. He won at IUP, which I believe is D2. He won at Elon, which is FCS. And he won big at James Madison, both at the FCS level. And now that they've moved up as FBS, this is a guy who is used to doing more with less. And I think it was absolutely brilliant of Indiana to hire him. Signetti's 62. So he's been around and he isn't likely to jump ship. If Indiana has a couple good years and his name gets hot in coaching circles, I just think this is, I think this is a home run, fantastic hire by Indiana. Um, I also enjoy, John, that Signetti's having fun with it so far. He gave an interview in which he predicted that Indiana would play for the Big Ten Conference Championship in 2024. Just came out and said it.
1: I feel like I've heard something like that before from another coach in the past. I don't know. But,
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's not a fair – that coach did not have a track record. (laughs) True, true. The coach you're talking about did not have a track record. (laughs) Um, And then when he was introduced at IU's basketball game at Assembly Hall, he made this announcement to a crowd of rabid Hoosier fans. Quote, I'm super fired up about this opportunity. I've never taken a backseat to anybody. Purdue sucks, but so does Michigan and Ohio State. Go IU! Close quote. What? I, yep. I had no idea. That's amazing. He came out and said, Purdue sucks, but so does Michigan and Ohio State. This man, Kurt Signetti, has the confidence to come in and not just say he's coming for his rival in Purdue. And Indiana's been on the wrong side of the old oaken bucket for a while. He's saying, I'm coming for Michigan. I'm coming for Ohio State. And I'll tell you what, John, I aspire to that level of confidence Dude. in my life i think I'm, i want to emulate this guy is going to be my this guy's gonna be my new guru i think i'm a hoosier fan now man this is amazing i love that right? that's awesome Holy oh go. man it's i yeah i have <laughs> uh i officially am on the on the signetti train. and you know and for a fa- on the band and
1: for a fan base like that that has been so downtrodden for so down. ever um yeah. to have you you know it's a lot and, and it's obviously you're you're setting this bar ridiculously high but why not
0: why not <laughs> what do
1: you gotta freaking lose in a, at, in a place like indiana what do
0: you gotta lose just do it like freaking put it out there because he's not just talking to the fan base he's talking to his yeah. players and he's, t- he's talking to his new players and he's talking to the recruits out yeah there. and he's Get like indiana is gonna be a place where we do big things yes and if you come here, we're going to do big things. And this is a guy, man, I gotta. I keep coming back to the fact that he's won everywhere and he was Nick Saban's recruiting coordinator. Mm-hmm. And if Nick Saban believes this guy knows how to recruit, then I believe he knows how to recruit. Yeah. You know?
1: I love it, man. I love it. I, that speech alone, man, that, that's, that sold me right there. Good. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he'll so, do. That's great.
0: We are we are getting some great coaches in the Big Ten. Jonathan Smith from Oregon State going to Michigan State. He's a guy who's won everywhere too. And now adding uh Dan Lanning at Oregon and Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Chip Kelly even Wasn't well, Chip Kelly I gone? Mean, is he gone now?
1: Is it, is it is it? I
0: thought I thought he held on. Maybe.
1: Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. If Chip Kelly's been if Chip Kelly's been let go, then I'm wrong. But the point is, yes. there are a lot of great coaches. The Big 10 is chock-full yes, of fantastic coaches. And that'll be that'll have to be something in the off season, John. We'll have to do a, a coach ranking at some oh, point. Oh dude, I'm
1: excited. I can't wait for the stuff we're going to be able to do in the off season. It's going to be a lot of fun episodes.
0: Yeah. Um we- Should we move on tra- to Oh go on. Yeah, I was just gonna say.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the transfer portal and all the insanity that is that it is.
0: Yeah, the transfer portal is out of control. I saw there was some record for the most people I think who entered in one day or something like that. Yeah, it was there was some sort of record in the amount of activity in the transfer portal, and it's been. It's been bonkers, John. I know you have a lot to say about well, it. So it's crazy. So- yeah, it's it's crazy to me and everybody knows that it's insane
1: and it was it's been crazy ever since it started and and this year and I know we said it last year. I mean that it like oh man, it's never been this crazy before. Well, it's even more insane. And now there's more stuff coming out and you know, I'm hearing things going on um I'm sure it's happening in a lot of other places, but the the closest one to home that I've been talking to uh, a buddy of mine uh, who's a Wisconsin fan and talking about like the stuff that's going on there and losing some players, some commitments Um, who was committed. And then like 18 hours later is decommitted. And there's like this agent who's apparently got a track record for being kind of a sleazeball and, and like speaking on behalf of these kids. And it's just, there's there's now, you know, and I, I think I said I said this to you you know, before we started, it's it's become an NFL free agency
0: and there's no rules. There's no guidelines. There's. No, but, yeah. But without a salary cap, yes. without any kind of guidelines, without any kind of minimum anything, it's just the Wild West. Yes. And normally I wouldn't
1: be upset if something bad was happening over at, at Wisconsin, you know, especially with recruits. But this upsets me. Because this will happen to everyone. This is if this is happening there. It, I'm sure it's already happening and has happened in multiple places. But now I'm seeing it a little closer to home, and I'm like, well, it's a matter of time before it happens at at, at Minnesota, before it happens at Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, wherever. Like,
0: I mean, like AAU basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just it. it I don't, again, you know, this is a sport and, and I, and I think both of us are probably on the same page that we want to see athletes get paid. We want to see them, you know, make money and being, you know, and off of, you know, their name, image, and likeness, but I don't know. There's no guidelines to anything. There's no rules. There's no regulations. There's no governing body. The NCAA is toothless. Um, Yeah. And so like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense and the rules are changing on a dime, and and so I don't. It, that's what I think. And a lot great. of
0: these, and a lot of these athletes are getting hurt. Yeah, because yes, a lot of the collectives are paying out a lot of money, but there are also a lot of guys who are being sold a bill of goods, and they're showing up thinking they're going to get a certain amount of money, and they're not getting it ever. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. There's no regulation of it, and because that, because of that, and there's no governing body, like you said. There's no one making sure that these promises are valid. Yeah.
1: There's no union.
0: And we've seen, we've seen decommitments for happen when guys didn't get paid, but more often you don't hear about it when guys actually show up and go through it and think they're going to get paid and, and don't. And I mean, frankly, I think it's at the point with the TV money where the athletes should be paid for real, yeah. not just name image likeness, not just that, which is just a free for all, but they should be getting a cut of all of the TV money.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: And I think we are at the point where it's absolutely ridiculous that they're not they're not getting a significant piece of that pie. And until that happens, I do think until that happens, this is going to be the problem. Because that'll even things up a lot, right? Because in the different conferences, then you can get paid by the conference. I don't think you get paid directly by the schools. That's kind of messy. I think you with the TV money the way it is, yeah. You get paid by the conference, and you get say, you know, you get paid X amount, and that's what a salary is. And they can figure out, you know, if everyone gets paid the same, or if different positions get paid more, or if it's, you know, like how you do all that, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of things to work out in a collective bargaining agreement that needs to happen. But now we're getting way into the weeds. Yeah. I just, but the transfer portal, but but we are because the transfer portal is such a mess, and it's leaving it's leaving a lot of schools behind. It's making these jobs really hard for these coaches. When guys will just you know jump in the portal, some of them don't even tell their coaches, and they find out when they see their players in the portal. Which, by the way, don't do that because then if you want to come back, your coach might not take you back if you haven't talked about your decision making beforehand. And they might not take you back anyway. They have no they have no requirement to do so. Yeah. So a lot of these guys are getting bad advice and getting in the portal. And I do think, and you know, and a lot of them just don't wanna don't wanna compete. Yeah. And it does seem like guys wanna have guaranteed playing time. And if they're not, if they're gonna have to compete, they're gonna leave. I mean, we saw Kyle McCord is leaving Ohio State. I can't imagine being the quarterback at Ohio State and walking away from that, except I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure um, you know Ryan Day told him that he was going to bring in another quarterback
1: but like you have one of the most one of the best um, developmental programs when it comes to quarterbacks in the country. And you're just yes. gonna walk away and not try to compete. And
0: the best wide receiver recruiting in the country. Yeah. The best wide receiver, and you're just gonna walk away from that.
1: And and I don't know again, like I don't know like if, if there's there's more to it, obviously, but like but that's how it seems in some of these situations. I'm not trying to say that's exactly why Kyle McCord is walking away, but like th- it's insane yeah. to, to us to to do that. Like how, you know, even as a back From ten thousand
0: feet it looks crazy. Yes. It looks crazy to walk away and it's you know it's but this is what a lot of guys are doing. We saw we've seen that happen and a lot of guys are getting in the portal. It is it's I've seen more players in the portal than I expected from like a lot of schools. Purdue has a lot of guys in the portal, which I didn't mm-hmm. expect. Yeah. Um, With Ryan Walters doing what he's doing. And, you know, there's a lot of just there's just so many guys in the portal. It's it. Uh, and it obviously doesn't always work out.
1: Um, You know, I know there's some some of those stud players that will find a landing spot. Obviously, Colin McCord will find somewhere to go, and I'm sure he's going to be great. Yeah. He is a great he is a great quarterback. Buckeye fans. He is. Yes, just
0: it'll be. Yeah, Kyle McCord. He I don't think he's done developing either. No. I think he could still easily be a much as good as he was last year. And he was pretty good. Yeah. He could be even better going yeah. forward. Sorry. For sure. Sorry.
1: He's not CJ Stroud and just, you know, phenomenal after yeah. one after two games, you know, like, OK. Yeah, it's, but it's, a uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's a scary time, I think for, you know, for the players, for the coaches, uh, for the fan bases that want to root and support, you know, root for these teams and support them through these, you know, NIL, co- uh, collectives, you know, it's, you're giving, you know, and I feel like that too, like when you're talking with like the fan bases that are giving money and trying to help, you know, maintain some of these players and then they leave or the ones that you're, you know, you really want to be there, um you know, go away and, and it's just, you don't know, like, what are you supporting anymore? And that's how I, I I became disinterested in the NFL in the first place was after a certain point, like I was really, I, you know, loved the NFL in the nineties growing up as a kid, but then the turnover of, of the team just started every year. It was a whole new team basically, other than, you know, the quarterback and maybe a running back and maybe one wide receiver, but like you never got to, you know, by the time you got to know who the guys on the field were, they were gone. And and I know that's one of the cool things about
0: college football.
1: But but I feel like now it's even it's accelerated to that even more on like another on another level with this transfer portal being insane the way it is and nil taking place. But
0: I don't know, man. I I don't know what to do. It's uh no, it is. You used to know a recruiting class and you could follow. Let's say this is our recruiting class and you'd follow them over there four or five years, right? And you could tell, and all these guys came in together, and they're all going to play together. And now it's like so many of them are going to leave mm-hmm. and be replaced with portal guys. That yeah, they're going to be guys who stay for four years and or four or five years, and you know their names and all that stuff. There's still going to be a lot of guys like that. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of guys who aren't like that too.
1: It's crazy, man. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, it'd be nice to have a governing body, but. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. My my prediction is that basically football and basketball will the conferences will just pull away from the NCAA entirely and just become their own governing bodies amongst themselves. But I don't know. Yeah. That's a little ways off still. But uh
0: yeah. I don't know,
1: man. Anything else is, wanna, yeah, we wanna yeah, hit on? The um, I
0: think we I think we hit on most of the stuff. Um I oh I wanna let our listeners know that we will be doing uh, a bowl preview episode or episodes. We like might either do them all in one or else we might break them up because we there are a, a nine Big Ten teams in bowls. So um, we will preview, though, those. So you can look for that to come. We'll, we'll have to talk offline about exactly when in our schedule works for that. Sure. But you can look for that coming down the pike. And we're looking forward to previewing all the bowls. And then uh, we might do some reaction type stuff, too, after the bowl games. Um, So we'll for sure do that because I think the bowls are important. Bowls are important to me. I think that they're very valid games that matter. And you get to measure your team against a team from another conference. And that's an exciting thing to do.
1: And it's more college football. Come on. Yes. Like, what are whoever's complaining about meaningless bowl games and all that kind of BS, man? You know what? This we all complain about not having so it all watch. year.
0: You're gonna watch it. If, if you don't like if you don't like all the bowl games, don't watch. I'm gonna watch Me too. I will watch every bowl game that I have time. If I'm at home and I can watch a game, I will watch these bowl games. Absolutely. Because we get so little college football in our lives. Mm-hmm. And after these bowl games and after the playoff, it goes away for eight months. Yep. Eight plus months.
1: I'll take whatever I can get, man. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. John, is there anything else you want to announce before we get out of
1: Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Yes. You want to find We Live for Saturday? It is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podcast Addict. Again, you want to find us on Twitter at We Live for B1G Sat, and you can email us at We live for Saturday, B1G at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Well, Thank you for that, John, and thank you for rocking with us, listeners. We are looking forward to getting back and talking about bowl season, truly the most wonderful time of the year. So get excited for the bowls, and we'll be excited to preview them. All right. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you soon. All right. Take it easy, everybody.